Hello, and welcome to another mini-episode of Coaster Kings Radio. I'm Ian O'Donnell. This is part 8 of our 10-part series on the Lost Coasters of California. Last week, we focused on Windjammer Surf Racers, and how it was a product of Knott's Berry Farm's attempt to navigate the space between the family and thrill market. It faced the problem of Magic Mountain dominating the thrill market with major coaster additions, many of which we've discussed here, and Disneyland's hyper-detailed themed experiences. Northern California in the late 90s had a far less competitive theme park market. After the construction and runaway success of Tidal Wave in 1977, which we've discussed earlier in this series, Marriott's Great America, which eventually became just Great America in 1985, and then Paramount's Great America in 1993, had remained consistent with coaster trends. In 1986, they had opened the Wooden Grizzly, 1991 saw the addition of the B&M Stand-Up Vortex, and 1993 saw the addition of the still-beloved B&M Invert Top Gun. These consistent additions, despite changes in ownership, resulted in a solid coaster collection any regional park could be proud of. In 1997, Premier Parks, which would eventually become Six Flags, took over the management of Marine World. Located around an hour north of Great America in Vallejo, California, Marine World was a well-established marine and animal life park, which had never really focused on rides. Premier immediately sought to change that, and for the 1998 season, they added two Vacoma roller coasters and to the newly rechristened New Marine World theme park. It would simply be renamed to Six Flags Marine World the following year. The rebranding for 1998 was a direct statement to Great America. There was a new player in the Northern California theme park market. Dutch manufacturer Vacoma had made a name for themselves in the 1970s when they entered a long-standing relationship with Aero Development to manufacture Aero coasters in Europe. Aero provided their signature track design and provided Aero trains to all of Vacoma's projects. Vacoma took Aero's track design and developed a series of successful production models, many of which were portable. This was perfect for the fair circuit that was far more widespread in Europe than it was in the States. In 1985, Aero Huss filed for bankruptcy, leaving several projects unfinished. Vacoma was the natural fit to step in and complete these projects. This bankruptcy also opened the door for Vacoma to properly enter the U.S. market. And they had the perfect product, the boomerang. The first Vacoma boomerang in the U.S. opened in 1984, a year before Aero's bankruptcy, as Sea Serpent at Maury's Pier. These compact shuttle coasters fit six inversions, a loop and a batwing, which are like two half loops kind of connected um, at the top with a kind of corkscrew, and two drops, one forward, one backward, into a super tight 935 foot or 285 meter track layout. They are easily one of the most successful coaster, major coaster models of all time, and Vacoma continues to manufacture the boomerang with little modification besides the train. Ten years after the introduction of the boomerang, Vacoma would also debut its version of the inverted coaster, which had been introduced by B&M earlier. Dubbed the Suspended Looping Coaster, or SLC, this inverted model offered an expen- inexpensive way for parks who might not be able to afford a B&M invert to bring an inverted coaster with five inversions to their park. Both models brought major, thrill- major park thrills at medium park prices. Premier's 1998 package from Marine World included both of these coaster models in the Boomerang Boomerang Coast to Coaster and the SLC Kong. After the SLC, Vacoma wanted to continue to expand and experiment with coaster designs. 
A logical next step was to merge these two coaster models to create the inverted boomerang or invertigo model. This model utilizes an almost identical layout to the boomerang, the loop with the um, batwing, which is the two half loops and a corkscrew, but features inverted cars with, with both forward and backward seats, allowing riders to face each other as they run through the course. The prototype in Vertigo opened in 1997 at Leesburg in Sweden, after delays surrounding an experimental magnetic launch system resulting in the use of traditional chain lift. Paramount saw the potential of this compact model and decided to buy it for the landlocked Great America, replacing the beloved's and iconic Skyworld triple Ferris wheel. Invertigo premiered at Great America in 1998 and proved a success, despite its less than stellar capacity which could result in long lines. In 1999, Paramount utilized a second Vekoma Invertigo to bring an inverted coaster named Face Off to Kings Island. This move made sense, as the nearby Six Flags Kentucky Kingdom already featured the first Vekoma SLC in the U.S., and B&M's exclusivity contract meant another inverted coaster couldn't be built so close to Cedar Point's Raptor. The final Invertigo built by Vekoma would be Two Flace the Flip Side, which opened at Maryland's Six Flags, Great Ameri Six Flags America my apologies, in 1999. Great America's Invertigo had some mechanical issues, but operated well and remained a crowd pleaser. However, in 2009, there was a malfunction which led to the train being stuck on the track on one end one of the lift spikes. Unlike previous malfunctions where the train was able to be lowered into the station, this malfunction resulted in riders being evacuated by fire department using a ladder truck. Invertigo was shut down, and while the investigation while the incident was investigated, the ride ultimately reopened for the 2010 season, but this would prove to be its last. And the next year, it would be relocated to Dorney Park and renamed Stinger, where it would operate until 2017. The removal of Invertigo in 2010 marked a low point for coasters at California's Great America. With the removal of Grease Lightning, which was of course the new name they gave to the tidal wave in 2002, Stealth in 2003, and Invertigo in 2010, the park went from a coaster destination to barely being, being part of the conversation. It wouldn't be until the addition of the GCI Woody Gold Striker in 2013 that the park would begin regaining its position as a major theme park. As for the Vekoma and Vertigo model, it proved less successful than both the Boomerang and the SLC that preceded it. It's possible that the $11 million price tag nearly doubled the cost of a Boomerang, but relatively low capacity made it out of reach for smaller parks, and unappealing to parks who could build a higher capacity Vekoma SLC for about the same price. Vekoma would revisit the concept in 2001, but make it bigger and more ambitious. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this mini episode, please leave a comment or rating wherever you are listening. This series is a companion to a series of articles that are being released on thecoasterkings.com. You can find interesting articles, exclusive updates, and a range of theme park related merchandise at thecoasterkings.com. For Coaster Kings Radio, this is Ian O'Donnell. Next week, we'll be staying at Great America to look at what Vacoma's next big thing was after they released the Invertigo. Join me next week for part nine, or the penultimate part of Lost Coasters of California, Stealth.